This week on Out Now with Aaron and we are talking the new Aladdin. You ain't never had a pod like this. DJ Khaled! Uh, too late, y'all done wound me up. Too late, y'all done wound me up. About to show you what I'm working with. It's the Alibaba, it's the Big Papa, it's the Blue. Jasmine like a flower is the grand you wishes it don't even cost a dollar hey, you got in on the carpet when you write and wanna holler like hey, we are now recording this is out now go. with Aaron and Abe I am Aaron and as always this is Abe hello out now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly we cover some various movie topics jump into a mostly spoiler for your review then jump back into other film movie topics this is episode 364 364 we're like 300 away from Nintendo 64's original Sure. <laughs> yeah. Math checks out. <laughs> Think about it. I, I'm, I'm trying not to. This week we're talking for 364. We're talking <laughs> Aladdin. Disney's Aladdin. Disney's live action remake of Aladdin. And joining us today for Aladdin, we have from the movie film podcast in Zaki's Corner, he's one jump ahead of the Snyder Bros. It's Zaki Hassan. Howdy, howdy. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm. It's, it's nice to record with you in the morning. I know usually we do evenings and, uh, I found that when it comes to podcasting, I'm a morning person. Oh, well, well, we gotta, 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 let, me, let me mark this down in the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. That's some loud, loud stomping. That, that's how I mark things in the books. I use my feet <laughs> in big, very big stamps. Uh, <laughs> but no, good to have you back as always, Zachy. Always, I was happy Thank to you. have you on the show. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to some Aladdin talk later, but we've got plenty of other things to cover. First of which, show notes. Imagine being our newest opening for show notes, Abe. I just yell show notes really loud. You just yell it in like a, a slapstick manner? Yeah, we have all the, we have opening intros no. for all other segments. I should just yell show notes. <laughs> That's what we do now. Hit it. Yeah, exactly. There it is. There's, there it is. Show notes. And then you say hit it, and then we're good. It's always nice to work things out on the recording, by the way. That's the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rather than do it behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do we have? Commentary track. We have a new commentary track up. It is for the original 1954 Japanese Godzilla, or Gojira. That is up on iTunes now. That was a lot of fun to record with uh, with uh, Brandon and... Who was it? Was Scott on that? Yes. No, no Scott wasn't on that. Who was on that with me? <laughs> I think it might have been uh, another gentleman. It wasn't Robert James. That's why I got mixed up. Was it Yoda Jones? No, it wasn't Jim. Um, yeah. Oh, it was Yancey. My bad. Yeah, it was Yancey, of course. Yancey Jack Burns, of yes. course. Yeah. I was like, because like, we had we planned to have Robert, Robert <clears throat> on. Robert James? Yeah, Robert James on, because it's a lot of fun to have him on. He's a, histo- he's a film historian and all. But yeah, no, it was fun to have that. That's up on iTunes now. That's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We went over the, like, the whole franchise more. More on Godzilla. In a moment. Seems to be a weekly theme on this podcast lately. Um, yeah, it's else? almost as if it's one of your favorite characters. Yeah, well, let's get into that in a second. But before then, iTunes reviews and ratings. If you like our commentary track, if you like our going over behind-the-scenes stuff on the podcast, or if you just like the regular episodes in general, log on iTunes, search for Out Now there and Dave. Give us a review or rating. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you so much in advance. What else? Summer Gamble Talk. Oh, boy. Zach, you're a part of our Summer Gamble this year. And yes, Yeah. We there lots of shakeups going on now because now we're really getting into some of the, the the heavy hitters of the summer, and Aladdin opened this week into eighty six million dollars, which is I think a lot higher than I would have guessed mainly because I have Aladdin so low on my thing because I didn't know what the hell this movie was going to do. Um, I know <laughs> at least you Abe have Aladdin much higher. Uh, I do, which bodes well for you as far as the gamble is concerned. For for now, for now, I mean yes, yeah. obviously you're there, probably there's still a lot of summer like left. Usual. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. 
but not to be outdone, John Wick 3 already made $100 million, Already going to look make some of us look bad as far as who didn't have it as a dark horse or what have you. For those that are not aware, we have a summer gamble going where Abe and I, along with many of our guests, are all participating in a challenge to predict what are the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer at the domestic box office. We all have various lists. You can find that on our Facebook page. And yeah, it's a, it is a very intense competition. Uh, but so yes, Aladdin was among the films that just entered into the fray as far as where we think it's going to end up. So yeah, you can follow along with that. We have an episode on that one too, which is also on iTunes. So there you go. <laughs> and I think that's it for show notes. Let's move on now. Let's get to some uh, know everybody. Reach will ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. Better get to know everybody. So I, I did like the wind up and then you did the pitch. It was good. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, it was like a spring. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you guys. Edit. Magic carpet or monkey companion? Uh, magic carpet. I, oh. I love a monkey companion, but uh, you know, magic carpet a little practical sometimes. Although that monkey came in handy too. Zach, any <laughs> any thoughts on this? Hey, yeah, magic carpet for sure. It just seems uh, like the right answer, right? It it yeah. gets you where you need to go. You don't have to clean up any poop. It's it's win win. <laughs> Although you don't have an early warning for bad dates. Touche. Yeah, but that mo- that monkey was a Nazi, so I mean, yeah, I'm, not lose- I'm not really losing out on that one. Plus, that's that's a one-time use. That's like <laughs> you, get, you get one 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 swing at that, and then it's over. You know? Yeah, yeah. Carpet would all be all over the dates constantly. <laughs> just like just pointing at it with like its little tassels. Yeah, exactly. Question for you guys. Well, wait, hold on. Now I'm thinking, what if it's if it's magic carpet with the personality of Sala? Like that magic carpet just got a lot better. Mm, I don't know. I like this magic carpet. I mean, this it's, magic, yeah, it has character. Yeah. I don't know what we all thought of Aladdin as of yet, but I, th- I think if there's one thing we could probably all agree on, carpet's pretty cool, right? Seems to be. It's always been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, question for you guys. Can you let the listeners know what one of your wishes might be? Hmm. You can be as vague as you want to be. Or specific. Is, is is world peace uh, too, too cliche? No, not at all. Not in today's, <laughs> not in today's time, Zachy. <laughs> you might need it. <laughs> Abe, you know those guitars that are like double guitars? Yes. That's not one of my wishes. Um, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I mean, you're saying one of them. So it's like, yeah, the world peace thing. And obviously... If I'm going by X-Files rules, I have to, like, write a whole paragraph or, like, a page or whatever Mulder does at the end of that Genie episode. Yes, there's a Genie episode of X-Files. I had to, like, really, like... What's called a write-up report? <laughs> well, like, because he, like, wishes it the first time, and then, like, everything, everybody just, like, he's just by himself. Like, the Genie's very literal. And so then he, like, drafts up a full-page, like, report on, like, how what world peace would actually mean. It's a fun episode, <laughs> as far as X-Files doing Genies are concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, miracle cure for all the diseases in the world. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm cribbing from yeah, the guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Good questions. That's how you play. Everybody. Everybody. Agraba edition. Agraba edition is always it. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, let's do an out now quickies. Yep. Each week at out now we have one main movie of the week that we talk about. That's trademarked. You like that one? You got that one? Yeah, yeah it, it went well, and then it started, like, you know, slurring at the end. <laughs> you say slurring, I say ramping. 
Aha! Like a like a roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. Abe, what other movie? Surely you haven't been here in a week. You've seen other movies. What other movies I, have you I seen? I caught up on John Wick Chapter Three, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And then I yawned, and then I was like, "Oh wow, this is a kind of long movie," which is not a bad thing. But then it really got into a lot of strangely like uh like video game game of death type territory and then it also went into like this world building which i really enjoyed but also thought wow what why is he on this rampage again and then and then he gave an answer to a question of why he wants to seek forgiveness or what have you and i was like man is that is that a solid answer from john wick it's it's very strange so uh, i liked it but i also was like ah yeah you know this series could end tomorrow and i'd be Okay, but I am looking forward to whatever they they continue on with. I would say sounds given, like, it sounds like a negative review, but it's it's a positive. I would say given where it ends, like I'd be annoyed if it ended now. I'd be like, I want to see where, I, I want to because... see it come back from, and not come back as if it was bad, but just like come back as far as well. Clearly, it's moving forward with something, so I like to see what that something's supposed to be, as opposed to just leaving it here. That is a good point. Yes, and then also attack dogs are, are pretty amazing. How would you rank them? I would say, uh, hmm, John Wick number one is still at the top for me. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if it's 2-3 or 3-2. So it could be in order or it could be 1-3-2. But I don't know. I haven't seen John Wick 2 in a while. I'm at 2-3-1 right now. 2-3-1. I see. Okay. I still like the mythology of the first one. I just think like it's a remarkably small. consistent series. I'll put it that way. I mean, I don't think, yeah, any, of them are, I don't think any of them are heads and shoulders above the others. No, 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 no. Yeah, not at all. And I don't think that they really, like, uh, again, this one, they do go deeper into, like, the world building on a global level. Uh, I but phrase it differently. I don't think any of them are guns and knives above the other. There you go. Yeah. But at the same time, like, uh, I also thought that it was a little bit uh, sometimes over the top. But I, I enjoyed it. It was a good theater experience, too. A lot of people in my audience were, were hooping and hollering and, and uh, cringing. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, I, I haven't caught up on. Uh, I wanted to go check out. Um, uh, what's the the Olivia Wilde movie? Booksmart. I want. I want to go check out on that, but I haven't yet. All right, Zachy, what have you seen recently that you want to make note of here? Uh, well, I I was just this morning. I was watching Godzilla versus Destroya, <laughs> and uh, this is the first time I've watched it basically since it came out, and I have no memory of it. So it's it's almost like a brand new experience for me. Well, how how'd that go? It's good. It's it's I I really like. I mean, gosh, I, I haven't watched any of the Toho movies. Like I said, since since before uh, the the Sony movie, uh, and oh, I, I'd forgotten I'd forgotten how. Yeah, and and th- that one, by the way, that's going to be a commentary track on the movie film show later this week. The, the yeah. Sony Godzilla. Um, but but I I I'd forgotten how they play it so straight and i really appreciated that like you know it, it's i was watching it with my kids and i was watching their reactions because this is the first toho godzilla movie they've seen and they were they weren't ever like oh that's cheesy or oh you know godzilla looks fake or whatever like they were totally drawn in uh by the fact that everyone else was playing it straight and i i i just really appreciated that certainly for the 80s and 90s period godzilla films that's the heisei era where yes, yes they all they have a there's a not to use the cliche but a darker and grittier tone than the showa era which is the 50s 60s 70s godzilla movies which yes they're much more campy right uh, but yeah destroy in particular i mean 
it for what it is, it is an intense Godzilla movie. <laughs> well, and I, I like how they they tied it tied in with the fifty four movie, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of lean on the you know they even bring in the archival footage from the first movie uh, to really you know drive home the idea that this is a shared history. You know that uh, you know the, the the cultural importance of those films in Japan is very unique, obviously, and I, I like mm-hmm. that it leans on that. You know, oh, very yeah. cool. Um, I've got a few things to go over, so strap in. Um, <laughs> Hold on, click, click. There we go, good. Okay, um, I saw the other two new releases this week. One was Booksmart, which is indeed quite funny. Um, okay. And very clever in how it's set up, because it, it, ta- it takes a mm-hmm. twist as far as two high school kids that are very smart and somewhat pride themselves about that compared to their classmates but it turns out all the classmates are also really smart so it's a good turn there's there's a fun twist there um uh but i also saw brightburn this is the horror film slash superhero movie uh produced by james gunn written by his brother and his cousin um it very much feels like a product of from kind of the minds behind Slither and Super as opposed to Guardians of the Galaxy as far as Guns films concern, are concerned. Um, it, I think it works. I don't think it fully like nails the kind of approach it's trying to like have with taking on like the Superman mythos and putting it into a horror context. But I, I think it does have a lot of good ideas that mostly play out the way you would expect but still are enjoyable to an extent. Like I think there's a solid satire going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from like the filmmaking. There's a lot of obvious nods to man, specifically Man of Steel, as far as how it looks, um, and even in the score. Uh, and it, but it's ultimately a creepy kid movie. Which Abe, you know, I'm a fan of creepy kid movies. Those are the kinds. Of I, horror, I'm not. <laughs> those are the kinds of I, fan is in. Those are the kinds of horror movies oh, yeah, that yeah, get yeah. to me. Um, and so, like, if you view it through that lens, I think it's all the more effective. Like, it's okay. it works as well well enough as a superhero movie with a twist, um, and the low budget actually does lead to some pretty over the top stuff. Um, but as far as a kind of creepy kid horror movie, it fits right into that genre. It doesn't, it doesn't really amount to all that much more than, well, this is bad, but, <laughs> but it's still, um, uh, it's satisfied. Zachy, so you didn't see Brightburn? Cause I know you're a big superhero, Superman fan. I have not seen it yet. Yeah. There, there was no, there was no, uh, press screening here. Yeah. So. It was pretty low fanfare and low. Uh, yeah. yeah. Even the press screening that, I didn't get to go to was because it was at an odd time. Okay. It was for kind of like, it has mixed reviews. I'm on the positive side, but yeah, I'm not saying it's amazing, but I also don't, I think it has more going on than, you know, just being nothing, but yeah, that's bright burn. Uh, <laughs> I saw rocket man. Uh, I, I think we'll talk about it more next week when it actually comes out. Um, right. But I will say my dad also saw, we saw it together and he was a big fan. So there's yeah, that movie thing. corner. Yep. Yeah. Um, Two things from HBO that I'm going to shout out real quick. First is Chernobyl. It is a five-part miniseries that is fantastic. It is about okay. Chernobyl. Uh, I don't need to go more into it from there, but it stars Jared Harris, Emily Watson. Watson? Yes. And, yes. Uh, and um, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. It is a harrowing recounting of the Chernobyl incident in Russia, and it's expertly made, um, incredibly thrilling, and just has everything you kind of want in a mini series about this event. Like it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, the other thing I'll mention, what's my name? Colin Muhammad Aaron. Ali. Oh, <laughs> this is a two part Muhammad Ali documentary directed by Anton Fuqua. Uh, 
and probably the best Antoine Fuqua thing I've seen in quite a while since I'm not a fan of the Equalizer movies and whatever else he's been doing lately. Um, there's been a lot of documentaries about Muhammad Ali, so it's not like you're getting all that much new necessarily, but the presentation's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd still say, like, we, When We Are Kings, the Oscar-winning documentary, I think that's probably like the best thing I've seen as far as Muhammad Ali is concerned. But th- this one goes specifically over his fighting career um, from, like, from the young days to when he kind of you know, just kind of got older, essentially. And mm-hmm. it's all composed of footage, like archival footage. There's no, like, retrospective, doc- like, talking head stuff. It's all, like, the only talking head stuff is just Muhammad Ali in other interviews about the fights that he was in. Tupac uh, Resurrection style. Yeah, exactly, actually. Uh, but, yeah, it's very good. It's two, it's two parts, so it's, like, it's four hours total. But, like, you know, I, I watched one one day and one the other day. But very good. Actually, mm-hmm. no, night. So it's, like, three hours. Like, three hours and change. It's, like, 90 minutes each. But very good. Um, the last thing I'm going to mention, Godzilla-thon. Um, <laughs> Anna and I went to the Egyptian theater in Hollywood yesterday to participate in Godzilla-thon, which is a six-Godzilla movie marathon. Um, yes, that is what happened. Uh, this this is unprecedented in some way because uh, uh, Toho, the studio that makes Godzilla films, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Zaggy, uh, they are very... They like to hold on to the rights of their movies. They're, they 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 like to kind of keep them to themselves. But they actually opened up a bit and left out let out some uh, original prints of five of these movies. The they played so they played six movies. The first one they played was Godzilla '54, uh, which was just a is DCP of the the 4K like release that uh, 4K scan restored release that Criterion put out on Blu-ray a while back. Um, but still really cool to watch on a big screen. Uh, then they're all the from the 60s 70s era so the show up period which are the campier ones so after that one was destroy all monsters uh, which which is i'm just going to give a brief thing on each of the uh, like a brief plot on each of these because they're all like ridiculous but destroy all monsters is where all of the monsters are living on a thing called monster island and aliens come and make them go crazy and they start rampaging all over the city it's one of the best Godzilla movies because there's so many monsters in it, and then they all fight Ghidorah at the end. It's great. Uh, after that, they showed Godzilla's Revenge, aka All Monsters Attack. We skipped that one. We wanted to get dinner because that's like one of the weakest Godzilla films. It's a, mm. it's about Godzilla's son, and there's a kid that's being bullied, and he imagines what if he was Godzilla's son and they're living on Monster Island together. It's weird. It doesn't matter. I mean, that sounds like a nice family movie. I mean, it could be. It, it sounds like <laughs> the Mac and Me of Godzilla movies. But, um, <laughs> after that. Uh, these are all 35 millimeters, by the way, and so they all and they all look their age. Like all of them have kind of a pinkish hue to them. Colors very washed out. It, there's <laughs> all scratches all over them. There's like there's like a couple missing frames here and there. So it was a really fun thing to watch with like a big audience. We're like on and I sitting there watching these old old prints of these Toho films. Um, what was after that one? Uh, Invasion of Astro Monster. This is where Godzilla and Rodan are taken to another planet to fight King Ghidorah while aliens try to conquer Earth. Because why wouldn't they? Um, after that was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, where Godzilla fights Mechagodzilla for the first time with the assistance of King Caesar, um, a, a giant <laughs> wild thing-looking beast. Uh, and the last one was Godzilla versus Megalon. This is one of the kind of more infamous ones when it comes to Godzilla gifts. This is the one where he has his great drop kick, where he slides on his tail for like fifty feet and like nails a monster in the chest. It's it's wonderful, and that it he does it twice, and the audience was just roaring with applause both times. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun to be had at seeing a bunch of Godzilla movies with like a big audience, these old prints, 
at you know a, a classic theater in Hollywood. That, that, it's good stuff there. So yeah, that was Godzilla-thon. Sounds like a buttonathon <laughs> of Godzilla. Yeah, from from one o'clock to eleven thirty, there's a lot to watch. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all right, that's enough quickies. Yep. Okay, let's move on. Let's get to our trailer talk, where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, what have you. This week we had the first trailer for Terminator: Colon Dark Fate, the latest <laughs> Terminator film. <laughs> it, it's a so. To back up, James Cameron now has the rights to Terminator again, which he has not had in quite some time. Um, and because of that, he's an actual producer on this film, and he has a story credit. Uh, this film is set after Terminator 2, which means that it discounts Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and most importantly, Terminator Genesis. <laughs> um, it's directed by Tim Miller of Deadpool fame, and it stars, among other people, Linda Hamilton. With all that in mind, Zachy, where, where are you with this trailer in this Terminator franchise? Um, I wish I was more excited. I, I mean, I'm, I'll watch it, of course, and and I'm not not excited, but I don't know. I I think I've just, you know, it 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 looks similar to uh, Terminator Genesis to me. It looks kind of like, you know what I mean? Like like we just got a Terminator a few years ago, so this would feel more epic if we if it wasn't like oh, just pretend all the ones between 1991 and, and now it didn't happen. That's a great way to put it. Like you're, it kind of ruins the legacy sequel factor of it because we've had yeah. sequels in between. So it's like, it's not really a return to form unless the marketing really tries to amp that up, which I'm sure it's going to try to. Yeah. They're, they're leaning on Like it's interesting how the, the trailer really heavily puts Linda Hamilton front and center, which is understandable. And also interesting to me that it has Arnold in like one shot which to me that 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 tells you how they're really like that's the legacy sequel thing that they can they can really lean into because we haven't seen Sarah Connor and she's on the poster forever. and everything yeah yeah uh so so to me again I'm I I say this on my show all the time I will never be the guy to bet against James Cameron so I'm I'm like hey I I want to go in and I want to enjoy a Terminator movie I haven't for the last too you know uh, i like t3 i'm like part of the select minority of people that seems to like it but uh it's a I don't good know. movie i mean you're not wrong <laughs> so well, well thank, thank you <laughs> I, mean, I mean and people want to change history it, it like got well were good reviews at the time made like 500 million dollars like it's not like it's not like people didn't like it at the time Solid you know what's funny is is like Great ending. Even, yeah. even cameron was like real gung-ho about that movie when it came out and uh, of course, he was gung ho about Genesis, Genesis. too. So. Yeah, we don't, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything really, but you know, I, I'm I'm down. Like I said, I'll watch it. Of course, I wish this trailer did more to really to really wow me. It did not, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Well, how about you? Uh, I I didn't hate it. Uh, I was watching it, and I was kind of impressed with the uh, the first opening there, and then Lynn Hamilton shows up and, and being a badass with a. Uh, you know, toting a rocket launcher just in the, in the back of her truck. And she's doing what she does, and it seems like it's going to all go well. And then all of a sudden they have, like, some dark night CGI out of airplane scenes. And I was like, I don't know if I like this part. But on the whole, I don't think that I was uh, disliking it as much as I, I – I never really go into anything hoping to dislike it. But I, I certainly felt as though, you know, this is a, this is a, ter- a trailer that I kind of dig. Uh, but – 
uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I'm kind of excited to check out where it happened, what happens. It, uh, like you guys are saying, just all the quote unquote retconning of it all. Just it reminds me of like Halloween with um, David J- David Gordon Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave uh, Gordon Green and uh, yeah. yeah, Danny McBride, and like what you're saying, Zach, that's a great point. It's just like you know those guys. I, I, well, like I guess I guess the Rob Zombie stuff happened like maybe like a decade ago, but still, um, yeah, there was just one like people forget Genesis. I keep calling it Genesis. Um, Genesis happened like five years ago, four years ago. So not that long ago, still in our memories. And that one kind of like did. <laughs> they they all try, they also tried to do do their own little retconning of the of the entire uh, show, but or of the movie series, but still, um, man, like what a weird uh, what a weird event of sequences that that <laughs> have happened for the entire Terminator series. Because like what you're saying, Terminator Three isn't terrible, and then all of a sudden you get Terminator Salvation, and then it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is John Connor so angry? <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just um, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. I, they kind of proudly display that produced by James Cameron thing on on the trailer, uh, but um, you know we'll we'll see what happens. I'm really hoping that the that aspect of it does pay off the produced by James Cameron and story by James Cameron because yes, I agree with Zachy as far as I don't bet against him. Even Alita, which we were fans of on the podcast, yeah. like I like it. Did, I think it's better because he was involved than he wasn't. Like, whatever, whatever that's worth. And I do think that's why you add that to a marketing campaign. I think that's, you know, that, that, that shows you that there's a little level of confidence here. Um, Friend of the show, Randy Schaffer, who hasn't been with us for a long time, but he was on our Terminator 3 commentary track. uh, He asked on Twitter, what's the point of this? And my (laughs) response was, well, it has big planes. Like, that's, <laughs> it has big planes? Yeah. The worst part of the trailer? Hashtag big planes. Yeah. Uh, that's what you should be going for this. Um, but, that, I mean, that's that's basically me saying nothing. I mean, I, I, I want this to be good as far as, yeah, I want a movie to be good when I go see a movie. And, yes, I, the people involved ideally will put together something that's worthwhile. But, yeah, Genesis, like, Salvation was a dis... Like, that was more disappointing than it was bad. Like, I don't think it's good, but it's not, like, terrible. It was just more like, there's so much promise here, and somehow... Then they cast Jai Courtney. And... <laughs> Some... no, 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 that's the next one. Salvation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that Salvation. Somehow, and, and Mick, Mick G. G disappointed me. <laughs> I mean, we all should've, tend to like Mick seen G, that coming. I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, somehow, Mick G wasn't the guy to keep Terminator going for me. <laughs> But then Genesis happened, which I've actively called a war crime very often. And (laughs) um, it was the worst movie for me that year. I am not a fan of Genesis. (laughs) You didn't like when they when they you know showed Matt Smith on all those Entertainment Weekly posters, and then all of them. He's got the weirdest role in the movie. All of them screaming. Um, (laughs) You know what's funny? What I remember most about that movie is I think it was on Dark Horizons or something. They had a list of all the actors on the shortlist to play Kyle Reese. And it was like, so-and-so, 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 a whole bunch. And then, and Jai Courtney in the middle. And I looked at that list and I was like, you know what? Any one of those guys, except Jai Courtney, I'd be fine with that. Was, <laughs> that was literally my thought. And then like a week later, hey, Jai Courtney is going to be Kyle Reese. I was like, are you kidding? Yeah, it was an unfortunate thing It's one thing of those things everybody. where, you know, your, your premonitions took over there, Zachy. You're like, you know, it's going to be this guy, but you shouldn't have looked at the list. <laughs> I, I, You know, the, I'll tell you, one of the people on that list was Wilson Bethel, who played Bullseye in the third season of, oh, yeah. of Daredevil. Yeah. He, he would have yeah. been awesome. I mean, he he looks like young Michael Bean. Yes. I'm yeah, more right so than Jai Courtney, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, that movie, that kind of broke me with this franchise. Jeez, he really so, looks like young Michael Bean. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's hard for me to muster up too much excitement for another Terminator movie. So, yeah, and this trailer, yeah, it did, I mean, you're slowing down Bjork songs, and you're giving me a lot of slow motion action. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this, too. I, I'm not a big fan of the Marvel movies now with Iron Man and everybody, like, using nanotechnology to just kind of, like, go in and out of suits. Uh-huh. I'm not, it's just like it feels like cheating honestly it's yes. like, hey man it's like right. robert downey doesn't want to wear big things so we're just gonna have nanos now like yeah. that's it <laughs> that's what it feels like and same with all of them even spider-man has the worst cg and instead of like black panther also and black panther yeah. yeah so it's like now we got terminators doing the same thing where it's like part of the appeal of terminator i think is having like these big hulking machines stuck inside skin like that's fun yeah. to me so it's like, now we're just like, eh, technology, it's better. So we can right. just have normal people looking like Terminators. That's boring. I, 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 I will boring. say this, though. I, <laughs> I, I like uh, Gabriel Luna. Uh, I, I liked him as he was a uh, Ghost Rider. Or he's going to be Ghost Rider, continuing on that Hulu show. But but I oh, like Agents that, of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I was like, Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and okay. then he's going to be on the Hulu show also. But but I think his physicality gets back to Cameron's original conception of the Terminator before uh, uh, Schwarzenegger got in the mix, remember? Which was to have more of a normal-sized person. Yeah. yeah. Where you get Robert Patrick in T2, right? Exactly, right. So I'm, you know, it, it it's weird because I'm, again, I, I think maybe I'm just imprinting my, my Genesis sort of uh, qualms onto this one. So I think it's like, you know what? I'll watch it, but I'm not going to get my hopes up because, yeah, it's, we've been burned enough times already. Yeah, that's the thing. I most certainly am imprinting my Genesis and Salvation like drama <laughs> on top of this movie. And so it's, <laughs> it is hard to like rectify the two where it's like, yeah, it's a separate movie and new filmmakers are involved and what have you. At the same time, it's like you've you've made three different films that were all start supposed to start their own trilogy and all of them failed. So it's like, what is, what is this one going to yeah. do? <laughs> well, you know, I guess at the end of it all, I just, uh, I'm, the burning question for me is, I guess Arnold doesn't go into the, the steel bath and he just builds a cabin in the woods. I, I am very curious what the story is. like. What the I think he's is. a dude. I don't think he's a robot. Oh, they he's modeled like, it's like, it's the after model. that. It's the original it's... guy. <laughs> Okay. He's he's Sergeant Candy from that the deleted from the Terminator scene. the deleted scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, why you don't hear him talk. Why remind, have we written a better movie already? <laughs> remind me to put that in the show notes. The link to that deleted scene because it's very funny. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate opens a, November 11th. So there you go. Sorry, November 1st. Sorry, I was thinking 11. Uh, November 1st. There you go. In the fall. Wow. Oh, all right. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Aladdin. You stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. Oh, great one who summons me, I stand by my oath. Loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. 
That should have been some of the trailer for Aladdin, the latest Disney remake with two more still on the way this year alone. Aladdin is Guy Ritchie's take on the animated classic. Mina Masood stars as the good-hearted pickpocket who is tasked by the Sultan's secretly evil vizier, Jafar, to retrieve a magic lamp in exchange for a chance to woo Princess Jasmine, played by Naomi Scott. Things do not go as planned, and Aladdin ends up possessing the lamp, which contains a magical genie portrayed by Will Smith. With three wishes, Aladdin now has the chance to prove he's more than just a street rat. Zaki, where have you been with some of these Disney remakes, and what do you think of Aladdin? Uh, I think, I think on balance, the only one that really blew me away was John Favreau's Jungle Book, uh, mm-hmm. and I think I liked that because he he found that exact balance of making it new while still keeping enough of the original version to, to evoke, you know, tonally, uh, what they were doing. All the other ones have, have pretty much like, I haven't hated any of them, but they've just been, you know, you walk out of theater, you're like, uh, all right, what, what, you know, like, like our, the email you just read, like, what was the, what was the point of this? You know, like, other than very mercenary making money which i get you know but like beauty and the beast uh i I said this about beauty and the beast i think it applies to aladdin i I think to a large extent disney is boxed in with these movies because yes these myths uh and fairy tales you know precede disney but once you put disney's beauty and the beast disney's aladdin well it has to look a certain way it has to involve certain things and it you know it Mm. you like like Beauty and the Beast, Belle has to wear that dress. You have to right. have Mrs. Potty. You know, so so the stuff in that film that took me out of it was when they when they added different stuff. I think with Aladdin is like the reverse thing, where the stuff I liked most was when they changed a little bit. And and part of that for me is I, I have like a fraught history with Aladdin anyway, which is that I find the portrayal of the Middle East very reductive, very Orientalist, and it's it's borderline offensive. I mean, I remember when the original theme before they changed it was like, oh, I come from a land where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. Yeah, it's barbaric, but hey, it's home, you know. And I remember being like, uh, you know, uh, thirteen, being like, what? <laughs> I have never once seen that. <laughs> Exactly. And it took them a whole year to change that theme song, you know? So I have, like, that's my baggage going in. So I, uh, that being said, I like the animated Aladdin, and I like most of this. I just don't like that it's exactly the same thing, basically, 
and the stuff that's different isn't different enough. So I don't know. I'm 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 like working through my feelings with you guys right now. Yeah. It it's not like a hard thumbs down, even though I lean negative when I gave it my my Rotten Tomatoes thing. But I it's just I'm kind of like if you want to watch Aladdin, just watch the original one because if you want the feelings and everything that you get out of it, you'll get it still out of that original movie. This this what I said in my review is this feels like cosplay karaoke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Abe, how about you? Uh, I I didn't end up hating Aladdin, and I didn't think that it was like a knockout either. Um, mm-hmm. I'd never, I remember when we were doing all of our summer gamble stuff and, and we were kind of talking through it and, and I was like, well, my Aladdin's like, no, it's number five. And, and everyone was like, well, who's this movie made for? I was like, I don't know. I haven't heard any of those things. So I, I guess I hadn't really been hearing or, or reading any of the, the questions around why is this movie being made? And, uh, again, who's the target audience, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I pretty much went in with almost zero expectations and, um, Almost to Zachy's exact point, one of the things that really works out this movie is when they do do their own things. Um, and I was going to uh, sort of ask you guys later about this, too, which is, like, how would you guys rank your, your live-action stuff? Um, and we're actually, the question that's going to be coming up later is sort of related. But I made a letterbox list, so I have that handy. There you go. <laughs> um, look at you. You're my star. That's a, that's a, a Linda Belcher. Um, with, but with all that being said, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's actually some good things about this movie that I, that I appreciate, which is some of the production value of it, you know, the costume design, the, the way that they've incorporated, uh, jazz into be a little bit more part of the story. Um, the, the father is not like a, a, a dunce, um, which I appreciate, but at the same time, like the father's like in his own movie. It seems like he's, he's got like a really dramatic arc. Uh, and then Jafar is also just like that actor, um, Marwan Kanzari. Yeah, Marwan. That guy's chewing up scenery like all over the place, which I think is is okay, but at the same time, like it's very strange. So um, I didn't think that that genie was bad. I thought that genie was okay, but the way that Will Smith started out, like I was thinking, like, oh man, I'm in for a rough ride. Like he's he's starting out like on a, on a small little boat, and he starts off with the song, and I was like, I don't like this song. Um, the way that this rendition of it, it sounds it sounds like to your point, Zach, he's like it sounds like you're just copying things that you've heard before. So I, I don't really know how to feel about that. Um, but it, it progresses and it gets better. And I think quite honestly, one of the best things about it is the interaction between Aladdin and Genie mm-hmm. yeah. off of like what they've done in the animated movie, right? So there's like a really funny scene when he's presenting gifts. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is actually working for me where, you know, I feel like Aladdin doesn't have it together and Genie is actually like embarrassed for himself uh, and also for Aladdin at the same time kind of thing. Um, so there there are certainly things to like. And I think that the the, the I think really what what holds me back from it saying like, oh, wow, this is like a knockout is just like it it's. It's like an epic journey, but it doesn't feel epic, if that makes sense. Like, it just feels like... I can understand that, yeah. Like, they go on this magic carpet ride, and I think in... I think that's a great example of what exactly you're saying. They go on a magic carpet ride to a whole new world, but it feels like they go nowhere. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and they, they, they should have played Steppenwolf in the background. Instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything, like, still in the background. It's like, it's it just... They, they don't really go anywhere and they, they don't really like you don't really see anything like in the animated movie. I'm not trying to compare the two because they're, they're supposed to be different while at the same time kind of like build off of each other. Like in the at least it felt like they were going pretty far. Like mm. he go, they go see like the, 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 the Sphinx. Like yeah. yeah. 
So it's like, wow, that's weird. Uh, and you learn how the nose is not there anymore. But with all that being said, I, I just like I like what I did see. But I also was like, you know, it feels like it's a little bit for whatever reason kind of held back. So um, like it, it is a pass and it, it more than a pass, I should say. It's more than a pass. But um, it's not like it's, it's not like it's not in Pantheon, like what you were saying, Zach, <laughs> with J- Jungle Book, um, John Favreau's Jungle Book, where it's like, wow, this is, you know, they really held back and they kind of made their own here. So can I can I add one thought? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like to, to me, I think what Richie uh, uh, was doing to some extent is he was relying on people's knowledge of the animated one to sort of hand wave a lot of development in this one. Mm-hmm. And a, I can't think of a better example of that than we basically montage right past the Cave of Wonders. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite things about the animated movie, too, is the Cave of Wonders and just how wondrous it could be. Uh, just... And exactly that scene where it's introduced, it's just like a quick thing in the song. And I'm like, that should be a scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely agree. So I watched Aladdin, the original, after I watched this movie. I watched it like <laughs> the next night. With the with the commentary because I never watched it with the commentary before, but I mean I've seen it. Who's that commentary? Uh, the two directors and some of the animation uh, okay. artists. Um, and the thing that I got best out of that was a clear acknowledgement of why that movie works at ninety minutes compared to the two hours and change that this movie lasts. It's so <laughs> it's so like cutthroat about like what we need to know to understand these characters and this movie, and it gets in and it gets out and it's super fun where this one feels like it's 30 minutes longer, if not more. Um, I still, there are things that make it ultimately a pass for me, but yeah, it does, the the problems we're talking about are all things that I also had issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same, like to back up a bit, as far as Abe, you were asking, like, you know, kind of what like people thoughts were on this or what have you going into it. It seems like there's a definite riff or another, or just even more evidence of how the internet works versus reality. Because as you, as we established, this movie made eighty six million dollars this weekend, and it's probably going to make a ton unless it you know crashes and burns next week, which would be a little weird. I think it'll have some kind of legs, but mm-hmm. it's going to keep making money. Uh, it's not going to be as big as Beauty and the Beast, which made a billion and a half dollars, um, which is insane. Because it also gonna... came out during like Christmas time, though. No, it came out in March. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> My bad. Also, this movie's better than Beauty and the Beast. I, yeah, I would say it's probably better. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, I'll get to reasons why. But, like, meanwhile, beyond, like, people being just like, oh, yeah, Aladdin, I'm going to go see that, and so I made $86 million this weekend. Internet was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this, and what are they gonna do? Meanwhile, Disney's basically made all the they all they they made all the promises they're gonna live up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about like casting Middle Eastern and Asian actors. They cast Middle Eastern and Asian actors. They talk they talk you know they talk about Genie and they got Will Smith. Everyone's throwing a fit about him not being Robin Williams and him being blue and not being blue. It's like, well, the Genie looks like what a Genie would look like in live action, and Will Smith is perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. it's. It it accomplished all the things it kind of set out to do, but by like the looking at it now, it's like, well, yeah, it's never not it's never less than entertaining, but it's just kind of a like, all right, there we go, that's it, like that's Aladdin. I was the most curious about this one of the many coming out this year, as far between Dumbo, this, The Lion King, and now I guess Maleficent sequel. Um, because like The Lion King, I know what to expect. Like I know I'm gonna get with that. Like whether or not it's good or bad. I don't feel like I'm going to be surprised in some way by it, so I'll be happy if, if I we get on this podcast. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! I'm super surprised. Good on that, I guess. But mm-hmm. 
this was like, what does a Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie look like? Like, that seems so <laughs> weird to me. And the result is, well, it just looks like Aladdin in live action and directed by Guy Ritchie. I mean, it it has a lot of... It feels like a Guy Ritchie light as far as what he's doing. Like, it feels I agree like with him, that. Like, going in, <laughs> fittingly going in slow motion for a Guy Ritchie movie compared mm-hmm. to, like, his more high-octane films. And Nate, you and I are... We're fans of his early work for sure. Like we like yeah, rock and roll and, and, and rock and roll. Yeah. That's one we champion a lot on this show. Yeah. Um, King Arthur was like, like I think the Richie stuff in King Arthur worked well. It was just more of the, like the studio needs to reshoot this and make it a franchise stuff that made it like bad. <laughs> um, yeah. This movie, it's like, for one thing, he doesn't know how to shoot musical sequences. Like that was the main thing I learned. Uh, I, I know what you mean. Because I think Prince Ali and Whole New World, like if the Gaston song in Beauty and the Beast was like the this has to be this knockout moment for me to make this movie work, that actually did work. I think the rest of the movie is pretty ugly, but that scene was like, okay, they nailed, they nailed that scene. This scene, it's like, okay, if you want to make me happy with Aladdin, one jump in a whole new world, those should be like the standout musical numbers for me, even Prince Ali. I don't think any of those work very well. I think they're all just like, no matter how many extras and visual effects and what have you they have, those moments are just like, all right, you, no, these these are not like well done songs in this movie. Like, I just I don't like how they're handled, and I think that's a big part of it. Like, it might seem minor to some, and clearly others love it because eighty six million dollars. But I mean, it's just stuff like that where it's like, okay, we're just kind of redoing this, but with no real charm or no real energy that makes me enjoy it all too much. The things I do like. I think Mina Masad is really good as Aladdin. Like I think, I think he, so too. I think he's a lot of fun. I think he has charisma with everybody in the cast. I think he does the job as the the lead character, the title character of this movie, which is commendable because that's a huge task to you know put on somebody. Um, and I also I, I agree with you. I think Will Smith is is as you kind of get once you get used to Genie because I mean it's a blue cloud come to life, so it's weird. But like once you get used to that. And you just tap more into Will Smith being Will Smith. Like, that's fun. Like, that stuff is yeah. fun. He gets to have, especially, yeah, like you said, with his interactions with Aladdin. I think that works well, too. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Right. You'd be snuggled up with that dude for the rest of your life. Yo, y'all see my palace? Be specific with your words. The deal is in the detail. Got it. Which I don't really understand, because if she already likes you, why change? I told you, she has to marry a prince. I just want to go home, man. Okay. I can do that. Uh, And it's like, it feels big. Like, it feels big and colorful. Like, Agrabah feels alive. Which, again, compared to Beauty and the Beast, which I thought was just so cold and ugly. Like... This I mean, point. they are locked away in a castle. I know they are, but even then, like, you watch the animated Beauty and the Beast, you don't feel like it just, it doesn't feel repulsive to watch that movie, like, in the way that's... <laughs> <laughs> like, and, like, it, you know, you're seeing, what, the furniture and what come to life. They don't, it doesn't feel like torture like it does in that movie. <laughs> uh, this one, it's like, yeah, there's color, colors everywhere and Agrabah, you know, it's, it's a desert right. city, so, like, it just, it, but it looks lavish. It looks expensive. It looks like a movie that they spent money on to make this come to life. I wish some of these things were done better as far as just making me just kind of engage with this more. But it's still, like, I think it does what it needs to to, like, be Aladdin now in this way. Do I do we need it? No. <laughs> like, this is gonna, is it going to make things worse rather than better? Probably. Uh, but, but, like, it, it, it does, it kind of, it hits the bare minimum as far as, like, here's warmed over nostalgia for you. Got it. I have a question for you guys. As I was watching this movie, I, I kept on asking myself, um, 
who else could have played Genie in this? And I'm curious to hear if you guys uh, have an answer or if you guys thought of the same question. I mean, I've thought not, of not this you have to like recast it. Not no, but I've, I've thought of this question. I've thought of this question as far as you, Robin Williams, is the original. Who do you get right. to kind of? give its own take as well as someone that's going to be kind of accepted around the world. And, honestly, and also I... somebody who like is charismatic and yeah. kind Dwayne of like... Johnson for me. Interesting. And he, I guess he could sing. He did, yeah, he did and, sing in Moana. Yeah. And I mean, you can imagine him looking like the Robin Williams genie. You mean like, like super small waist, huge, huge upper torso. Exactly. Like okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that's like the next logical answer, I guess. Like if Will Smith said no, then it's like, yeah, Dwayne Johnson would probably be like. Yeah, because I had a hard time. So until Zachy said Dwayne Johnson, I was like, I, I don't know who else, like I would cast that has again charisma that can kind of sing, dance, and also play like this genie guy, like almost like riffing off of like a a, a Robin Williams the, character. The only the only issue I have is that Dwayne Johnson's he's not a good improviser, so he'd just be leaning into doing what worked already. Where I think exactly. what, I think what mm. makes Will Smith works is that he do, he can do improv. And uh, yeah, and, and he, they he, brought he in Will Smith to mm. be Will Smith. I think exactly. that's the smartest thing that's yeah. the smartest thing they did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't want an actor that's going to just be charismatic as well as replicate the thing you already know. You want someone that's gonna do something differently. And that's right. what I think works about this. Got it. Okay. Uh, and the other question I had is, what do you guys think of Naomi Scott's uh, two additional songs? I oh my gosh. like them. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all on the same page there. I, 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 I get what they're doing. Same. Like, it's like, okay, wait, let's let's add, you know, empower her more, give her more to the story. I think it actually reduces her, honestly, because I think it becomes all talk. Like, she doesn't actually do anything. She just says, this is what I'm going to do. Or at least in the original, I think she has the kind of a, a spunk and an attitude that does separate. Like I get that, yeah. Like you're saying, like she's not, she's not the most active in the plot. She becomes a damsel in distress at one point, but like there's still like the persona that you're given feels like someone that's more, someone that has something to say without having to explicitly say it. Like having not one but two ballads that lay out everything about the character. It's. Like, <laughs> it's I think the yeah, song is. I, I think the song's really bad. I, I, I really it, it, it's it, it's not it it didn't work for me. I I agree that I don't I don't think it adds anything to the movie, but I think she performs the crap out of it. I mean, I was I was just impressed by her pipes. I mean, she's she's like going all in, you know. And I I I applaud that. I just it kind of especially the at near the end speechless like i actually i think it's a good song i just think it grinds the movie to a, to a total no, it grinds the movie to a halt for sure yeah I, I would agree with you exactly on that point zach you like yeah i um as far as talking about the kind of recasted characters i i would have liked to see jafar kanzari i, I would have liked to see him do more like you say he ate the scenery i don't think he ate it enough like <laughs> like there wasn't there wasn't nearly enough menace or creepiness to him he just felt like like the GQ version of Jafar, and it's like okay, fair, yeah. Also, if you're making the movie thirty minutes longer, still no song for Jafar. Like he needs, like what? What do we need he, here? Does he have a song? No, he doesn't have. Okay. What, did he, what did he? No, say? no, in in the in the animated one. In the in the animated one, he only does like a Prince Ali reprise, where he's just kind of making fun of Aladdin, which okay. still works. It's like at least that that's something. I mean, in addition to I think was it Jonathan Freeman, he does a great job. Like it's he's a great Jafar. Like that works. It's uh -huh. it's a menacing and intimidating character. And there's like a, the way he pronounces things, like it has this kind of smooth menace to it. Where this movie's just like, 
all right, this guy, like, he's dressed really nice, but, like, that's it. Yeah, he's dressed nicely, and he gets, he, he gets he, a like... couple scenes where he gets to laugh maniacally into the sky. I'm always about that. Like, that works for me. But, like, <laughs> that's, there's not nearly enough menace. I mean, he was about to throw a thunderbolt at, at a neighboring city. <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah. And he has, again, Masood has great chemistry with everybody, because his scene with Aladdin is really good. Like, they, they work well together. Like, I like their interactions. I just, he's not much of a villain to me, but Zachy, do you have any thoughts on this? I just, you know, he, he, I mean, you, you want somebody who's a little more, more sinister. I just, I just feel like I, I don't, I don't know the calculus behind, behind casting him except for, oh, we need somebody who's ethnically appropriate because I, I really feel like the template that's laid out with the original Jafar, like they, they miss that by a mile in my opinion. Like he, he's, you know, he's, he's just like, he's kind of like, his energy level just felt really low to me and it was it's you know that that i think uh the scene in the beginning which which i believe they added it later where he you know he pushes the guy down the well uh to show like oh he's when, evil when he yells this is sparta it was a little over the top but i mean yeah <laughs> i was like wait a minute how did he know about that movie <laughs> here's, but a it, it, here's, a, here's a question i have for you then yeah, uh, because you so the, I, I think part of it was like they wanted to cast someone younger because I think this is my question. If you cast like an older person as Jafar and you make it ethnically appropriate, do you think Disney feels like there might be a problem by casting like basically, quote unquote, a scary Arab? Like, do you think that's <laughs> something they considered? You know, I, what's funny I is that because I also thought that young Jafar is too young, but. I, Maybe that was consideration. The thought I had was like, I, I would have gone with like a Ben Kingsley. Uh, yeah, and then realized, exactly. well, Ben Kingsley did that in, in Prince of Persia. <laughs> Persia. So I'm like, oh, that rules that exact out. role. He did that. <laughs> exactly. The vizier to the I mean, soul. He it. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I get, because literally, I'm I'm straining to think of like an an older uh, actor who who could have played that. I don't I don't know. I mean, it, to, to me, it's it, I, the problem is that Jafar needs to have a little bit of like weight of experience. Uh, behind him and it, this this guy just didn't he didn't convey that to me mm-hmm. uh you know maybe that's just me but but no the, the, same with me because he has a moment with aladdin where he's like you know you and i are alike and you know he, he does like this cool little trick and the audience my audience is great they were like oh whoa he's a pickpocket <laughs> too yeah exactly <laughs> uh and and uh his experience is just like i was a street rat but i wanted more it's like that's your motivation that you Roast to the ranks really quickly, and then, and then you get like this it later. Seems like you got scene. everything without the lamp pretty well. Yeah, I know exactly. You seem like you've risen up in your thirty years of life. You can channel that energy into good. Versus versus like Akeem, who's like your father was a was worked on our lands, and then you rose to the ranks. He's like a sixty year old general of like the Sultan's army. He's like, dude, uh, Jafar. I don't know if you, you you need to take a step back and see how far you've come along here, buddy. So I agree with you that the motivation a little bit a little bit off. I, it feels like there needed to be a little bit more uh, like air of I've I've been here, you know, I'm I'm more seasoned. But hey, what are you gonna do? Let me add this as because I was knocking the musical numbers. I do think friend like me actually works pretty well. I I I, I, I did agree. Like I like that number probably because it was the most visually effects like centered. So there wasn't like Guy Ritchie not moving the camera in any way. Six Will Smiths on the screen. Well, like, well, I mean, I, that fantastical stuff, it works for me. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's more visually interesting than 
here's all these extras, and somehow Guy Ritchie just places the camera flat on the floor for Prince Ali, where it's like, this should be bursting with excitement. I should be having a blast watching Prince Ali happen, and it's just like, it feels so flat, which is, I think, a shame. There, there was one part where I was like, well, maybe maybe they'll really bring it in here now, and, and I was like, it did for like a millisecond, but I, I know what you mean. What about some of the other, like, additions to the movie? Like, you have, what, Nazim Padrad as Dahlia, the handmaiden, who becomes, like, a love interest for the genie. You have Don't Billy know Madison. how that relationship works, but, um, you know, I was I was all for it because I've, I've been a fan of her since SNL. And, like, it adds more just comedy scenes, I guess? Like, it, I mean, does that work for you as far as, like, seeing stuff that's not in the original movie? Like, is that... I, I you know, the, the stuff that took me out was like the Bollywood dance numbers. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, are we like, are we just like, Oh, they're Brown people. They all do kind of the same was, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be like, right. you know, these are in the geographically the same region <laughs> right. and they're not the same culturally. So right. it's, 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 and I well, was it's, like, it's Agrabah. It's everywhere. Right? It's everywhere. <laughs> it's <not> true. <laughs> but well, Agrabah represents is all everybody. <laughs> it's, I guess it's in the North and the South. Yeah, you're right. Aaron. <laughs> Agrabah is really the friends we made along the way. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I think the, the, I, first of all, I love Nassim Pedrad. I'm the same way. Ever since SNL, I've had uh, just a crush on her. Uh, and my wife knows this and she's, makes her very uncomfortable but <laughs> but i i actually really i thought the relationship between her and gene was really sweet i thought the 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 without spoiling anything i thought the 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 new edition of the the wraparound device uh that the story constructs i i found that really effective i like how the that that paid off it's a little cleaner than the original where it's like, well, we introduced this marketplace guy and then we just kind of never go back to him again. Yes. It's not until the, the, the what, the Aladdin and the King of Thieves where they actually go back to the marketplace guy again. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We had this little thread. I guess we'll wrap <laughs> it up in this third, the second direct-to-video movie. I actually, and, and I, I will say, I think that when Aladdin uses his final wish, I actually think this movie does it more effectively than the animated one. Interesting. Where um, Genie wants him to use the wish for something else, right? And Aladdin's like, no. And I thought, I thought that that really uh, that moment uh, was effective for me. You know? I think that that works because of the again the chemistry, the chemistry. between yeah. Aladdin and I, Genie. I yeah. think that that relationship. Maybe. If you're gonna get something right about that, like yeah, jokes are fun and everything, but it's having that you know having these central relationships, I think, is key. Which is again, right. I as many flaws as I can find, Masood is a standout here. Like, I, I look forward to seeing what yeah. else he get, gets to do, because he has to both, he has to be the prime romantic lead with Jasmine, he has to be the prime friendship lead with Genie. he has to be a counter to Jafar, he has to have a monkey that dresses lead. like him. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, I yeah. liked his, I liked his acting, I thought his singing voice was really thin. I agree, yeah. I, I, I agree, because there. especially when you get to, like, Street Rat, where it's like, well, this is kind of coming out of nowhere, and I'm not really feeling... All that sad, but um, yeah, I, I, I did like like at some point, you know, the guy Richieism of it all. I was like, I would really like to see him, you know, Go for when, when when Genie is like controlling him on strings, which is which is a, fair, a fun scene. But at the same time, I was like, oh wow, I wonder uh, if Mina knows how to really break dance like this. Uh, but I can't really tell because it's being sped up. So maybe I'm they sure just he does like, something like that has to be part of that audition process just to land this part to begin with, which I thought was like, wow, that's a really cool gift to have. I, I'd also like to say that during the whole entire junior free scene, um, I liked his exit stage left, um, <laughs> you know, where, where it's like, 
pretty low key, and they kind of go back to it later. But still, it was like cool. You know, I, I like that they, they they didn't like wallow on like, oh well, I'll just sadly drop a lamp here, and then like you know, I'm just gonna exit out here with a little sniffle. Uh, but no, it's just like, hey, man, uh, we'll go back to you later. But uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely agree with uh, Mina there. Mina's got some some chops. I would have liked more like hardcore parkour at the beginning. That didn't need to rhyme, but it did um, at the at the, be- the one <laughs> jump scene. Like I thought that was going to be like a big like signature Richie scene where he's like he's doing crazy parkour moves all over Agrabah, and it's just like I just jumped over. A few Were you also moves. expecting Guy Richie like um, you know slang? No, <laughs> I was I was thinking like the you know when when uh, they're running through the. Um, his his signature running things with like uh-huh. uh, Sherlock or or in a uh, uh, King Arthur was it King Arthur yeah so well, I mean there is a little slow motion in this movie like he does some speed ramping and stuff like he, that's true he does he's yeah he's got a few like Richieisms in here it just feels like obviously being restrained because it's a Disney movie and not a Richie movie sure yeah any other thoughts on Aladdin. No, I think we've got our, we've covered more than I thought we were going to cover. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. Did you like the various animals? We had Iago, Raja, and uh, Abu. They looked fine, but uh, I, you know, we, we brought up Jungle Book earlier, and I was like, oh, I don't know why these render- renderings don't look as good as like the Jungle Book. It's not the primary focus, I guess. Is like I, the, I get it, but it's the same thing. studio. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I understand. I would say watching Abu. I will say this about Abu. I I assume it's a mix of both a real monkey and a CG monkey. I can't tell. I was you actually anything. thinking that it was like a, a, a just a hand puppet. I mean, there's real there's real monkey stuff going on there. So I, I would credit the film for convincing me that I don't know the difference at certain points beyond like some obvious acrobatic stuff that the, a real monkey's probably not doing because Peter would kill Disney, um, <laughs> or Disney would just silence them and he'd be like, "Where Peter goes?" Like I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> I, I do think it's weird watching this movie now. It's like, so he just dresses like Aladdin. That's weird to see. <laughs> like, wait, who? Abu. Oh, oh. In an animated movie, it's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, sure, they dress like each other. Why? That's fine. In, in a live action movie, it's like, wait, what? Like, where? <laughs> I mean, Aladdin can only make clothes that are the same for he and his uh, pet. Why is he making clothes for him? That's so vain. <laughs> it's, the, it's the weird Cause thing. Because it gets cold at night, Aaron. It's a desert. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, the the little vest <laughs> keeps up warm at night. And the fez. <laughs> all right, well, with all that, when should people go and see Aladdin? Zachy, when should people go and see this movie? This feels like a wait for streaming for me. Wait for Disney Plus? Yeah, I was going to say Netflix, but <laughs> that's out of the mix now. That's so. not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Abe? You know, it, it's not like I, I think I appreciate the song with super surround sound. So I would say like dollar theater um, is fine for this. That's surprising, honestly. <laughs> the, of the theater, of the movies you haven't given a theater rating to at some point, the Latin gets the dollar theater. Yeah. I, I agree with Zachy. Like, I think it's fine, but, like, do you need to rush out for Aladdin? Not really. So, yeah, I, wait for your Disney Plus membership to kick in. Yeah. And I guess if you have surround sound at home, then, then it works too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. All right. all right. Well, with all that out of the way, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, hey, what a oh, it's a time for a fun a game. Uh... Little known fact: Alan actually, or <laughs> Aaron actually tried out for Alan Mankin. Alan, Alan Mank was like, "I'll call you back later." He hasn't called. 
Oh, that Alan Menken. I've got a game for you guys here. It's called Next Line uh, with an exclamation mark here. It's where I will name you. I will say one lyric of a Disney animated movie song. And if you <laughs> buzz in with your name, you tell me the next lyric that comes right after what I just said. That's, From I, I like this. Okay. Yeah. And the hard part is I'm not singing it, but maybe if you guys don't get it, I'll put it in a little bit of a, a little sing-songy voice. So you're gonna uh, tease us with you singing? No, 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 no. Maybe <laughs> this just this game just got better in my eyes. So I've got a few questions here. Be on your buzzers, and again, I'm gonna uh, say one lyric, and you tell me the the lyric that comes right after it. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, first one should be pretty easy here. Uh, I can open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder. Aaron. Aaron? Um, some, it's like Soaring Skies and Wonder, something like that. Sort of, but not really. Zachy? Uh, I, 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 I do not know my Disney lyrics. So oh, no. I, 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 may be, I may be forfeiting. Wait, like this. over, sideways, and under? Yes. On a magic carpet right there, and you get that one. Okay. All right. Don't worry, Jackie. I'm going to make these easy for you. <laughs> Next one here. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. What movie is this? This is from The Little Mermaid. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. <laughs> I've got... Blup, 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 Nobody? I'm, I'm not great with the Little Mermaid songs. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. Okay. You want thingamobs? I got 20. Is this part of this world? Yes, it is. I mean, I know the song. I just, I don't know the lyrics. Of <laughs> Next one here. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam. I know it's Jungle Book. Yeah, that's I correct. I know it's Necessities. <laughs> Wherever I wander, <laughs> wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder of my big home. Okay. <laughs> no, you pick a pair of the pair. Of the... I mean, you, you gave us the answer, right? So <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Abe? Did, did we lose Abe? Abe? I think he's like, you know what? Screw you guys. You're not getting these. <laughs> I'm out of here. Next one here. They can sing. They can dance. From Beauty and the Beast. I'm going to need this, the, the lyric there, the, uh, the melody on this one. They can sing. They can dance. Da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. After all, miss. This is France. Feels like I'm going to win this game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next one here. Come run the hidden pine trails of the forest. Is this Pocahontas? Yes, it is. <laughs> Let's make this a group game. Come taste this one, sun sweet berries of the earth. This Come pull in all the riches all around you. And for once, you never wondered what they're worth. Thanks, Abe. I hope the listeners are enjoying this and getting yeah. these all right. 
Oh, I'm pretty sure that they're getting all of them. I'm more a chorus <laughs> guy when it comes to these. <laughs> Next one here. Maybe you guys might get this one. I'm brushing up on looking down. From the Lion King. Oh. I'm working on my roar. That's right. Hey. <laughs> uh, next one here. She glanced this way. I thought I saw. This is also from Beauty and the Beast. This is when you hear the beast singing for the first time. And he says, she glanced this way. I uh -huh. thought I saw. And when we touched, she didn't shudder at my paw. Uh -huh. Surprise! You guys uh, uh, aren't singing with me here. I feel like uh, a fool. <laughs> Next one here. Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. Yeah, I like it. Next lyric. Something else happened. They sent me daughters when I asked for sons. Aaron, I'm gonna give that one to you. Okay. <laughs> Next one here, you guys might be able to get this one. This is pretty famous here. When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. I mean, yes, yeah, the Gaston song. And now that I'm grown, I eat five I eat... dozen eggs, so yeah. I'm roughly the size of a barge. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to give that one to you. Actually, I'm going to give that one to Zachy. <laughs> I got nothing. And this one here, the last one. I killed an eel. I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree. Now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What's the takeaway? Oh, Ever oh, go ahead, Zachy. Wait, I have to give you the next lyric? Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever you want. Shit. Uh, what can I say except you're welcome? That's in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to give that one to you anyway. Don't, don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. <laughs> We got there. <laughs> we got there. And that was next line where I have to really know who are my audience is. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that would have worked as a identify the song game. <laughs> now I wanted you guys to sing the next line. <laughs> I only know that because my daughter constantly, she's like, she calls Moana, 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 Manai. And that means Manai. Like Manai. I, I appreciate the difficulty of this game. There you go, man. There you go. I'm you're welcome. Challenge. Yeah, as as Moan, or as as Maui said, you're welcome. And Zachy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that game, Abe. You're welcome. Let's let's get to let's get to some feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Where things are much less challenging. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We ask a number of questions to the listeners. They gave us answers. And then we see what happens next. So here, I'll start this one off. And Zachy, feel free to jump in if you have any answers for us. Mm -hmm. uh, what would your first wish be? How dare that question be similar to my question? The thing is, I thought of it before you did because I had to post this question online. <laughs> <laughs> Chris writes, yeah, it would have to be peace and health and all, but then a dope house on the sea. <laughs> Scott writes, the, that the bottom of my Reese's peanut butter cup wouldn't stick to the wrapper. Mm. Yeah, try J freezing it. Jacob writes that Disney would stop remaking classic Disney films. Okay. And Renee has all diseases cured. Oh, so you're thinking big. Think big. That's what Doug we, said. We've sort of answered this question in the know, everybody. Yeah, we're, we're good. Uh, what's your favorite comedic performance from Will Smith? 
Rene Hess, not exactly comedic, but I always loved him as Mike Lowry in Bad Boys. Uh, Mike has... Uh, what's that? Everybody want to be like Mike. Everybody want to be like Mike. Uh, Mike has uh, Men in Black. Chris has Hancock, Hitch, and Fresh Prince. Justin has You Left This One Wide Open. I did like him in Wild Wild West. Also Hancock and Hitch. Did we also we did talk about this, but in Aladdin, it basically becomes Hitch for a while, right? When he's just right. kind of like trying to make everything work between Aladdin and Jasmine. She feels that way, yeah. Well, also, and then like, at the mess- end, there's like the dance number at the end. And while also messing up his own thing when he's trying to be with Dahlia, like he's, like, he's stumbling because of Aladdin. It's like it's exactly like Hitch. Wow, that's hilarious. Now, who's better, Kevin James or, or Amina Masood? Well, Kevin James is a better dancer. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you that one. Maybe. Uh, Favorite comedic performance of Will Smith. I, I honestly look at Men in Black. I think that is between the pairing of him and Tommy Lee Jones and just the, and the, all the kind of the things he says, like leading up to him getting into men in black. Like, I think it's, it's, it all feels like Will Smith improvs, which I think are pretty funny. Yeah. There, there's like a great, uh, when he's taking the test, there's there's two lines that I love. One is like, uh, your boy Captain America over here, and he's like, the best of the best of the best, sir! With, with honors. honors. Yeah. <laughs> and then the part where he uh, breaks the uh, the, pa- the pen- paper or the pencil, and yeah. he's got this look on his face where he's like, I'm a doofus. It just feels like a great, like, here's a room, this is the situation, make this all work. Like, that's what that's what feels like Sonnenfeld like, just told everybody in that scene. And it works! So, I also agree with Men in Black, especially exactly what you said, the pairing of him and Tommy Lee Jones, who's super dry, but super funny. Uh, next question. what? Uh, who's your favorite magical Disney character? Justin has Mary Poppins. Todd has uh, Mad Madam Mim from The Sword in the Stone. Wow, that's a, that's a nice call back there. Favorite magical Disney character? Um, might have to be that uh, fairy godmother in uh, is it Cinderella? Yes. Yeah, I mean, she's making shit out of everything around the house. Turns those mice into horse. Says. Zach, your favorite uh, magical Disney character? I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I are, are we excluding Genie? Because to me, Genie would be number one. No, that'd be my answer, too. Be all powerful, yeah. Be Genie. I guess Maui. That yeah, that would have been my buried, second. Yeah. yeah. Buried and he killed the guilt, an eel and buried its guts. Yeah, we all know that. who are some notable unknown actors at the time in a film that made an impact on you Mm. mike writes say say that again who are some notable unknown actors at the time in a film that made an impact on you so like masood i i imagine is largely unknown by most people actors such as that that kind of made an impact for you yeah Uh, mike writes i like movies of a lot of character actors christine comes to mind the most interesting uh, Justin writes, Charlie Theron in Two Days in the Valley. Mm, Scott pick. writes, Scott writes Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver, to which I respond, he already had an Oscar at that point, but I guess if you hadn't seen Robert De Niro before, Godfather 2, then yeah, <laughs> you know, Taxi Driver. Stand out. Brandon Peters, friend of the show, writes Ed Norton in Primal Fear. Mm. A terrific answer for that question. That's yeah. a good choice, yeah. Uh, Hugh actually... Jackman in X-Men. There you go. There you go. Role of a lifetime. Uh, there's, there's actually... Um... For whatever reason, I was watching Midnight in Paris, which, uh, and I was like, you know, I forget how great we loved, how much we love Corey Stoll in this. Oh, yeah, he's great. I, I, think, yeah. I think that's like when I was first introduced to Corey Stoll, I was like, who is this guy playing friggin', uh, uh, 
I forget. Ernest like, Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. It was like, I love this guy. And it's he like, stood wow. out for sure. Like, he'd been around as far as, like, he was in Homicide. Like, he'd been on TV and he'd stuff. He'd been on like, TV as character actor, and yeah. he still is one. But at the same time, I was like, wow, I'm really, like, blown mean, away by this he, guy. He got a lot more roles after that movie. So, yeah, for sure. He there you go. Hashtag there. who wants to fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know another another one for me is uh, Jason Clark in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. 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 He's one that's like he's been around, but like that movie, yeah, he certainly has like a meaty role to like dig into and what have you. Yeah, and I mean, really, like that was the first time I ever saw him, and I was like, man, this guy's got a presence. I mean, you know, just his eyes, you know. One of my go-to answers for this is Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. Ah, that's a good one. Academy Award-winning role, huh? Mm-hmm. First of uh, two. Yeah, he has two, well, he has two Oscars. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Next question: Who are your favorite couples in Disney films? Justin has all time Lady and the Tramp. It's not a bad guess, or it's not. It's not a bad answer. I'd also throw in uh, Bernard and Miss Bianca. Pressures at inner party. Oh, that's a good answer. I'm going with that answer. That's yeah. a good one. From the Rescuers, yeah. Yeah. Anything for you, Zachy? I'm thinking. Eh, I don't know. I got nothing. Nothing comes to mind. Who's the most intimidating Disney villain? Christopher writes Maleficent, the original animated portrayal, not the spade and duplicitous live-action Jolie edition. She was the stuff of (laughs) nightmares. No, really, I actually had nightmares after watching this Mistress of Evil do her thing in Disney's Sleeping Beauty. Most Mm. intimidating indeed. Mm. Mike writes Corella DeVille, or however you spell it. Uh, Pongo and Purdy, that'd be another uh, Disney couple I enjoy. Uh, Rachel writes, intimidating maybe Scar because he's so manipulative and sociopathic. My favorite is Ursula. Ursula's not bad. Uh, Scott writes, dang, what's with all the Disney polls? Did they buy you out too? (laughs) (laughs) Scott, we can't give those answers away, but you can't see me nodding. (laughs) Um, I'm not not wearing my Donald Duck hat that says forget about it. It's weird. I don't know why. (laughs) I'd throw in um, the witch from Snow White. That woman is yeah. crazy. Like, she turns into an old lady, and she can turn into a freaking dragon. That's, you're, you're crossing. You're crossing them. Oh, that's, I, that's, I, that's Maleficent. Maleficent, sorry. <laughs> anyway, she turns into an old lady, and she, you know, will eat the heart of her stepchild. Yeah, that's more accurate. That's more accurate. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Michael Eisner is the... <laughs> Michael Eisner. <laughs> There's a deep cut. Yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am giving my son a hundred million dollars for Sahara. <laughs> Not an awful movie. That's yeah, fine. That's <laughs> okay. What did Brick Eisner just do? Didn't he just do like a movie recently? Brick Eisner? That's his son who did Sahara. He did the he crazies. Did... He did something more recently. Hmm. I want to say um... Eisner. Hold on. Well, there he comes. Last Witch Hunter. The last witch. That's right. The the Vin Diesel thing. Yeah. The Maybe. Last Witch Hunter. That's and the... he directs the uh, the Expanse, the TV that's... series. Oh, okay. That's four years ago now. I say just recently, the Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> yeah, it's like I knew I saw his <laughs> name again at some point. All right. Uh, Scar tends to be my go-to on this. Okay. Side. Um. I'm very annoyed that Be Prepared is not in John Favreau's version of The Lion King, uh, but better have something to replace it. Mm. Something good because that's a that's a good villain song. Moving on, we got a question. Uh, 
The question is from Justin to all of us here on the panel. Do you like that Disney keeps redoing the old or would you like to see spinoffs or maybe even another side of the same story? You know, we've kind of been touching on this the whole entire episode, and I think we kind of like when they do their own side of the story, um, kind of the way that we like Sleeping... Was it Sleeping Beauty? Uh, the the other live-action... No, Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah, the other live-action one, and also, you know, whatever they did their own little thing here in Aladdin, it wasn't bad, but it's just... Um, you know, when you're, when you're used to... When you know what the script is going to be if you've seen the animated, then it kind of takes some of the wind out of your sails. So I, I, I'm all for, like, seeing their own different take on it. Well, like, Zach, you pointed out Jungle Book, and what I think helps that movie is that the original is pretty episodic. Like, it's not like there's a, a narrative you need to keep entirely intact to make that remake work. And so I think Favreau did a good job of being like, all right, I'll take the things that make up this movie and just kind of turn it into its own thing. And that was effective. I I don't think that works as well for Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin because they're just, like, you know, they're just redoing the thing you know already, which is probably the issue Lion King's going to face as well. The effects will probably be magnificent, so I don't know. I don't know exactly. But, like, Pete's Dragon, like, that stands out for different, because it's, like, that's completely different from Pete's Dragon. Like, it's its own thing completely. Mm-hmm. Or, or even Cinderella kind of, I mean, that's also doing the same thing, but it adds a lot more, and it just kind of feels more effective. Yeah. That said, these are all still, like, Bs and B-minuses or what have you. Like, like you're saying, Zachy, none of them, like, are jumping off the page and being like, these are new classics. They're just like, all right, like, some of these are fine. Yeah, which, is, right. which I think is more of a problem if we're spending two hundred million dollars on some of these movies and we're coming back with a that was passable. It's like should we should we have a better kind of uh, a, a better connection between the two, like budget versus the actual quality, and not just the audiences enjoyed it for that one time. Hmm. Good point. As far as what Justin's asking, like seeing spinoffs or another side of the same story, I like that idea. So far, my only example is Maleficent, which is another side of the same story, and I hated that movie, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure uh, also where my brain went, but yeah. All right. Well, let's move on now. That was Out Now Feedback. Be back, be back, be back. Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's move on to Out Now. What's Out Now? What's out now? These movies that are coming out in 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, and all that stuff. First up on all the home media this week, we have, let's see, Greta. This is the, uh, the Neil Jordan film with uh, Isabel Huppert and Chloe Grace Moretz. I think that I've heard mixed reviews on that. Yeah, that's about right. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Uh, let's see, Gaspar Noe's Climax is out this week. I've heard interesting things. It's a ride. I think I think Marcus just watched it last, like recently, and he was... <laughs> I'm curious what his thoughts, overall thoughts were on it. <laughs> um, and The Oath. This is the Ike Barinholtz political, like, satire comedy thing that he has him and like a bunch of funny people involved in it haven't heard of it but i'm kind of curious about it it's it, it's got some moments for sure it's trying to do something i think it's admirable he, like he wrote and directed it as well as as well started this movie so it's neat to see him like stretch beyond being like that funny guy that's occasionally in movies so. yeah uh let's see a tv stuff we got south park season 22 this week is out it's a lot of seasons good job right? mm-hmm. yeah outlander season four don't haven't know seen that the episode, is. but it's out there. But good job on season four. Uh, Anna and I went to the Pele Center in LA once, which is like a nice place where they can like showcase certain films or memorabilia and stuff. And they had a whole costume thing on Outlander. We have no idea what the show is, but they had nice <laughs> costumes. <laughs> like, it's, like, <laughs> it's a free like thing to go into, and like we were there. Among other things, that was something that was there. It's like, oh okay. <laughs> 
Uh, specialty stuff, we got Blue Velvet on Criterion this week. Uh, David Lynch fans for that. Uh, let's see. On Shout Factor, we have Too Long Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. With, uh, thanks, Patrick, for, thanks for Patrick using Swayze, the whole title. Patrick Swayze. Yes, I, yeah, of course. Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. Um, Famous, famous beef between John Leguizamo and Wesley Snipes in that film. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Also on Shout, The Alligator People and When a Stranger Calls Back, the sequel to When a Stranger Calls, which is actually... Pardon me? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't see. that movie end a certain way? <laughs> you just get new characters. Uh, let's see. Steel Magnolia's 30th Anniversary Edition. Go see it. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm dripped off the page with you on that one. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, and lastly, The Three Burials of Melchitas Estrada. This is a great movie that's finally on, deep, on Blu-ray for the first time. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones directed this one. Has him, Barry Pepper, a few other people. Very good. I, I'm a big fan. Of, I know, a friend of the show, Adam Gentry. It's like one of his favorite movies of like last decade. Uh, so, yeah. Let's see. On... Um... Netflix this week. Uh, let's see. The Lonely Island released The Lonely Island Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. Saw, I saw a minute of it on Instagram. Loved it. Which is, what is it? It's uh, the 1988 Oakland A's when they had Jose Canseco and... Um, Mark McGuire. And Mark McGuire, yeah. right. The Lonely Island decided to chronicle the legacy these two left back then with a 30-minute music video special which is composed of like like eight new tracks or something that are just all about the, of all things the the oakland days in the 80s they love the bay man yeah uh let's see also on netflix this week the most recent seasons of the flash arrow and riverdale for fans of those shows let's see rim of the world speaking of mick g it's his newest film from writer zach stentz who wrote thor zachy i believe you uh you had Zach Stentz on a show at some point, didn't you? I'm I'm going to. I'm I'm talking to him on Thursday for uh, Nostalgia Theater. Yeah. Yeah, oh, very cool. Let's see. Spike Lee, she's got to have it. Season two is on Netflix this week. Uh, there is an anthology series called What If that's now on Netflix as well, huh. and a horror movie called The Perfection that I've heard some interesting things about. So yeah, all that Netflix is like, who cares if it's all on the same day? You can watch it. That's their logic. That's what they do now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, I have nothing to report on Prime this week, so I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing new came out that was worth noting. <laughs> <laughs> next week, it's a new month, eventually, so yeah, we'll we'll have plenty of things. A lot of things uh, to be in June. Yeah. Next week's show, oh boy, Godzilla, King of the Monsters is finally coming out. So we have Finally! Plenty to say about that, and if you think that's going to be the last time I talk about Godzilla, you're sorely wrong, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, that will be our main review. If we want to get... Well, Abe and I will talk about this. We want to talk more about Rocketman as well, but Godzilla, King of the Monsters is for sure going to be you know, the main topic uh, for next week. Main review, yeah. Yeah. And uh, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Zachy, what should people see in theaters right now? Um... Well, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it, but I want to, and uh, I think movies like this need to exist more. So I'm going to say Booksmart. All right. What's and next? Probably. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Godzilla on uh, Thursday, and I'm, I'll see Booksmart at some point before that. All right. Hey. Uh, definitely, we would recommend what Zachy recommended too, because I'm going to check that later, out later today. We're both recommending movies that we haven't seen, maybe. Uh, but uh, John Wick Chapter Three, uh, and then next uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Yeah, uh, I would say John Wick Chapter Three as well, Booksmart as well, and next I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing Jim, Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die this week. Which oh, I'm very excited about because yeah. I'm a very big Jim Jarmusch fan. <laughs> so, and with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Theron and Abe. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. All my written review, movie reviews are over there. 
I'm also in League of Entertainment. Um, I have a number of Godzilla-related writings going on all over the place. I have one at Le- I have one at Le- 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 Entertainment, one at Wise, two at Wise So Blue, a couple of rankings over there, and I have my first piece for friend of the show Alex Villenkin site first showing. I have a whole another Godzilla article going up on there this week as well. <laughs> so there you go, lots of that, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you can find more fun stuff over my Instagram Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com/slash WalrusMoose. Hashtag did beatboxing help out friend like me uh, and uh, <laughs> and subsequently the podcast. Zachy Hassan, where can people find more of you online? Uh, you can go to my website, Zachy's Corner dot com. That's the A.K.I.S. Corner. That's also my Twitter. That's also my Instagram. Also, please check out the movie film podcast and the Nostalgia Theater podcast. New Nostalgia Theater podcast dropping uh, this week will be my interview with uh, screenwriter Mark Gottlieb, who is a huge Godzilla fan. And so we talked about the many lives of Godzilla. And then on the movie film podcast, myself and Brian Hall will be dropping our commentary track for Sony's 1998 Godzilla. And then we'll have our Godzilla show at some point later. A lot of yeah. content coming up. Yeah, lots of Godzilla. Yeah. Godzillions of things. Very cool. <laughs> Somewhere, Marthy Broderick's like, I can't wait to hear Zachy's podcast about my movie. <laughs> he may not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maybe Puff Daddy that, is though. then? <laughs> the less said about it, the better. Um, <laughs> that With all that, um, you can find all the other episodes about Now Fair and Able on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, or HHWLOD. Feel free to email us anything you thought about today's episode or more at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or write to us on facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram as well, Instagram, uh, at outnow underscore podcast as well. And of course, there's our Tumblr page. Send us plenty of scary clown gifts over there at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Nah, we don't need them. We can use more of them, if anything. Uh, Zachy, thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you, Zachy. Of course, always a pleasure. Great. Great to have you on. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in. And until next time, when we see who really is the king of the monsters, that is going to do it. So until then, so long. And goodbye, goodbye. But I promise you ain't never had a friend like me. Tell the angels and gods, pass the bark of the bar. Make them travel from close, so make them travel from far. Well, this is your chance, man. Wish from the soul when I'm out of the land, man. I'm out of control. I got gold on my shoes. Temple with jewels, a room for wise men and plenty for fools. I don't want you to lose. Trying to help you do. You ain't never had a friend like me. Love big time, big time, big time, big time, big time, go big time, big time, big time, let me see your flex on them, flex on them, shine on them, style on them, slide on them, too fly, too fly on them, just glide on them, cool as a fan, cool as Lewis, one of them all. You can wish to be rich. You can wish to be tall. You can wish your way to haters. You just give me your call. You can wish for what you want, cause I'm granting them all. Mister, mister, tell me whatever you need. Anything where you range, even climate could change. You ain't never had a friend like me. Just a lamp and a rub away from whatever you want. Habibi, let me show you the dream. Just whisper if you don't want to shout out what you need. But I promise you ain't never had a friend like me. Please don't get me started. Fly like magic carpet. You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. Whole new world, uh, Jafar looking menacing and shouting. I I can give you power. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Will Smith. Itty bitty space.